back to Love That Movie Podcast. I'm Ellen, your host as always, and I'm very excited. This is a very special episode that we're doing. Um, So a bit of a follow-up, if you will. I had a guest on a few episodes back, and I recommended a movie to them. They watched it, and now they're back to talk about it. uh, Because it started out as a movie that I love, and now it's a movie that we both love. So kind of a... Hopefully, what might become like a new series, possibly, of Ellen Recommends, where um, it, we just kind of do movies that I love with people that I have made watch them, and now they love it too. Um, so yeah, so it's only been two weeks, but very glad to have uh, have you back. Danny, welcome back to the show. Hello, thank you so much for having me. This is so fun. This is the uh, maybe the first time uh, ever in my life that I did my homework on time and properly. Yay! <laughs> and then uh, a little surprise for the listener. I also have another guest, just because you know had to bring on our other buddy who insisted he be part of the conversation. Our good friend Shane, welcome back as well. <laughs> hey, good to be here for the very first historic love that movie team up. Yes, uh, edition. I think when scholars listen back centuries from now, they're going to say this is it. This was the start. Yeah, this, you this, know, this is where it all began. This. <laughs> This full is where it all began, exactly. Uh, Ellen sent a few of us a text. We've got a group chat going. She sent a few, a few of us a text saying, hey, does anybody want to jump on an episode with me this week? And Shane said, yeah, I'm in. And then a few hours later, I forced my way in and said, yeah, no, how all three of us sing street. Let's go this week. Yes, a uh, little behind the scenes. I did uh, I did have something else lined up for this week, but schedule changed. So I did, uh, did call on my buddies to... to Help me out in a pinch um but yeah so we are talking about sing street so oops <laughs> no worries um i recommended this to you when we were talking about hearts beat loud because it's kind of one of those is it a musical is it a movie about music is it both um and it's one of my absolute favorites and uh yeah i'm very glad you um you took me up on that recommendation and watched it so what are yeah initial thoughts so you loved it <laughs> So good. I I, I kind of had a feeling it would be right up my alley from watching the trailer. Um, as soon as you recommended it to me, Shane was texting us and like started sending lines from the trailer. And I was like, oh, this sounds great. And so I decided to watch it. And as soon as he, he goes up to uh, the girl across the street and says, do you want to be in a music video? And uh, just, like says, yeah, I've got a band. It's great. And then turns around to his buddy and says, we got to start a band. I was hooked. It's so good. That's the best, like, three-line pitch for a movie I think I've ever seen. And and in that little moment when he says, we got to start a band, it's like, you're like, in the trailer when you watch it, you're like, oh, my (laughs) God, I'm so in on this movie. Oh, my God, I'm in. I'm in. Let's form a band. The boys are, they're so stinking charming, too. All of the kids involved. They're, yeah, that whole band is so great. (laughs) Yeah, Eamon uh, Eamon very quickly became one of my favorite movie characters of all time. Mm Mm-hmm. I love the sidekick that's just down for anything. I think I talked about it. Maybe I talked about it last episode. Maybe it was on a episode of another show. Uh, talked about how Sam Gamgee from Lord of the Rings is my favorite movie character of all time, but like so much so that I named my dog after him. Uh, and then realizing how much I love Eamon, I'm just figuring out I love sidekicks who are down for whatever. <laughs> the supportive friend. That's, that's my thing, I guess. Yeah, I love... Yeah, that line kind of towards the end where he just goes over to Eamon's house and he's like, will you help me write a song? And he just goes, always. I cried. Ellen, I cried. Always. Yeah. 
Because it was, it was a like he was messed up at the. I, we're diving right in. Yeah, I don't need to build up to this. This is towards the end of the movie. Whatever. Watch Sing Street. Oh my god, uh, watch Sing Street. <laughs> like it's towards the end of the movie. The main character Connor has just gone through a lot of stuff. Like things are not going great for him. He needs a buddy. And he just walks over to Eamon's house and is like, do you, want to, do you want to write a song with me? And as soon as Eamon said always, just one tear. Right <laughs> it was perfect. I love friends who are just down. Love it. They're so great. And I, yeah, I love how, um, I just love the bit when they're putting the band together kind of towards the beginning. And uh, he goes over to Eamon's house and he just sees all the instruments and that like he's really good. And he's just like, oh my God, yes, this is it. We're making the band. <laughs> Yeah, I wasn't, you know, I've seen this movie a couple of times now, and honestly, it wasn't until this viewing, and it wasn't even specifically until that scene where he's like, always, it didn't dawn on me until then that the the kind of final look that, um, and I'm totally blanking on, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. was it Connor? Is that the main character? Connor and then Eamon, they both kind of like, Connor has like a Paul McCartney kind of look, that's his like final look in the movie, and Eamon <laughs> definitely looks like John Lennon throughout the movie. And I don't think that that was an accident. Like, I think that that was probably intentional. Um, and that just kind of struck me this time through. And I was like, oh, nice. That's kind of a well, nice I little homage. All I, could think the whole time, all I could think the whole time was that Connor looked like one of the Sprouse twins. <laughs> really? Kohler, Dylan Sprouse. <laughs> yeah. He looks yeah. just like him. <laughs> yeah. Especially in the, the, when the rain is on his face in the very last scene, he looks just like one of the Sprouse twins. That's funny. I, didn't, I, didn't, I did not think that. But it makes sense. You'll see it next time. <laughs> next time. Um, but yeah, Next I want to talk a bit about like, so there's, there's a lot of themes going on here. Um, one, a big one in particular, and it kind of gets the end title, the end title card that it's four brothers everywhere. It's a lot to do with Connor and his brother, um, and their relationship. Um, I kind of wanted to ask you guys about like how you felt about that and, um, how that kind of spoke to you guys. I don't know if you guys have brothers. I have a brother, but I am not a brother. So... <laughs> I mean, I so yeah, I am an only child, so I don't I don't have a brother. So like that whole kind of thing about thinking that your brother is kind of the coolest person in the world. Honestly, I'm jealous of it. Right? It's, I kind of miss that growing up, and but I can definitely see how people that did have brothers or or, or even older mm-hmm. siblings, kind of in a way, they are the tastemakers totally. for what you like um, to a certain point because there's a period in your life where they can do no wrong and they're just the coolest because mm-hmm. they're older than you. And so I, that was such a such a nice touch and a really nice story arc of like this guy, the, the older brother is kind of like the gatekeeper of like all of the cool music that he will go on to discover, you know, at least in his early teens or whatever. And then he'll start to discover it on his own. But like introducing your younger sibling to different things uh, is a, it was a really like awesome story arc. And, and I feel like it probably rings true for a lot of people mm-hmm. with older siblings. See, this movie hits me a little weird. I do have an older brother. He's about six and a half years older than me, which I think is pretty close to the age difference of the brothers in this movie. Uh, but we, I don't have that kind of relationship with my brother. I never did. I don't want to get too deep. This is a movie podcast. Um, but like, he wasn't a tastemaker for me, and I think there was there's a part of me when watching this movie that's like, that would have been cool. Yeah. You know, that would have been really great to have. So that's another reason that I cry every time I watch this movie. Um, probably uh it's just yeah I, there's there's it's just such a really cool story of like the older brother finally needing to show the or the younger brother needing to show the older brother 
um, kind of help him discover who he is and who he wants to be. And I think that's always a really cool, really cool story arc in movies. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I, sure. yeah my, so my older brother, I definitely fell into the, the trope of like, I thought he was the coolest. Everything he did was awesome. But then again, like, I was a band geek and my brother was literally quarterback of the football team in a big school in Texas. So like he kind of was the coolest. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of those things where like, as I've, as we've gotten older, like he'll turn to me for like my opinion on stuff. Cause like, obviously I'm very into like movies and TV shows and like, he'll like, you know, it's just those little moments, those little nods to like, Hey, you have st- cool taste and things. And I'm like, me <laughs> it's amazing yeah. how it still affects me <laughs> like we are full grown adults now and I'm still like yes <laughs> yeah I definitely like I know I know the feeling like a little bit because I have a cousin who lives out in Los Angeles now but um, I grew up in Texas and he grew up out in the, the Virginia like the DC area and right when I was like in my mid-teens I was really into like skateboarding and so I brought my skateboard out like to, to DC and I was like skateboarding in the garage and I didn't really think much about it. But later in life, he grew up to be a professional longboarder. And one time he was like, yeah, dude, I got into skateboarding cause you brought your skateboard and I thought it was Aww. the coolest thing I'd ever seen. And so he was like, that's why I, I'm a longboarder now. Cause I, I just like it. But he was like, yeah, man, you introduced me. And I was like, Oh, yeah. like you're welcome. Like I didn't know, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, the brother relationship is super sweet in this. Um, another, a shout out to the actor who plays the older brother. Oh gosh, I'm forgetting his name. Jack Rayner. Jack Rayner. It's like who's really Jack really Rayner. Good. Yeah. Uh, side recommend. He's very good in Midsummer, which a complete opposite type of movie. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm too big of a weenie to watch a movie oh, like I that. Watched but it and I never he was watched also. It. <laughs> <laughs> I will not be appearing on the Midsummer episode of Love That Movie. Just, I guess that's what all I'll have to say. <laughs> Good um, yeah, not my type of genre at all, but I, I mean, I don't know. I really liked it. I think Ari Aster's pretty great. But anyways, Jack Rayner, very good as the older brother. Um, yeah, super, super. I love the trope of the older stoner brother with a Freud poster hanging on his bedroom wall. <laughs> just everything he says is just like fake philosophy that like he learned at his community college. I love that trope so much. Yeah. Well, he's a college dropout. They bring it up many times and then yeah. it eventually I, gets to the point I mean, where... Me too. I'm also a college dropout, so no <laughs> no shade there, but I also don't pretend to quote <laughs> philosophers. Well, is it the is it the, the UK college, which is actually high school? No clue. I don't know. You're asking the wrong. I don't know. A lot of a lot of Irish things here. He's a Jack. I don't know. Yeah, Jack Rayner has also been in a number of other things. He was in a really good movie called Free Fire, um, that was directed by Ben Wheatley. I think in the same year that Sing Street came out, he was kind of fun in that. It was like an ensemble movie with oh, Brie Larson and a bunch of other people. Yeah, that one's pretty fun. And then he was also he was terrible in it, but it's not his fault because when I explained what it, but he was in the fourth Transformers <laughs> movie. Um, and he was like li- ridiculously bad in that, but that was not his fault. But I think he's a talented actor. Obviously, if you give him the right part, um, just keep him out of Transformers movies. That's all. <laughs> yes. <you know? laughs> um, but yeah, so the the family stuff in this is really great. Um, I didn't 
fully realized until this last rewatch that that like opening scene when he's singing a song kind of to himself he's quoting his parents fighting downstairs which like oh there's some real moments of like deep stuff going on here like deep catholic repression (laughs) yeah i was i was raised catholic and that hit safe (laughs) yeah it's uh lots of repression lots of just like guilt i was driven (laughs) actions i was raised irish so a lot lot of the same repression there yeah yeah it's it's funny because they're like uh divorce is illegal in ireland which is just how inundated ireland is with catholicism that they like she's just gonna move away Yeah, I I had to Google that the first time I saw the movie, and I was like, "Yep, nope, that's a thing." Like that wasn't like a weird movie line. Like that's that's the real deal. Uh, it, well, it was when it back in 2016. I don't know if it is now, but it was yeah, back this then. This movie yeah. set in like the mid 80s, right? Mm-hmm. Before okay. the troubles, which is like, yeah. yeah. Um. Anyways, but that and um, and you get like a real moment of seriousness with uh, kind of like the school bully when him and his dad catch them. Uh, filming that first music video and his dad just turns around and just hits him square in the face and you're like whoa and you see all the boys in the band are just like uh oh god um never mind and they just kind of like get back to what they're doing and you're just like yeah this movie for all the lightness it is it takes family stuff like super serious yeah i really did like that scene though because it it was basically like hey here's 30 seconds to explain why the bully is a bully yeah like it didn't need a whole right. lot. It didn't drag it out. It didn't go into like some weird like sidebar story. It was just like a hey, by the way, the bully's a bully because of stuff at home and specifically this, this, and this. And thirty seconds, all right, on to the next thing. Let's shoot a music video. So mm-hmm. I thought that was great. Right. It is, and it's important. Like that. The reason why that scene works so well is because you see that the other kids recognize that that's why he's kind of a bully, right? As we become adults, we realize that bullies, especially in our youth, were not really upset at us. They were upset at other things in their life, and they were kind of taking it out on us or other people. But when you're 14 or whatever, you just don't know that. You just think, oh, this guy or this girl must really just hate me. And that's usually not the case, right? So when you get to peek back behind the curtain of their home life and you realize, like, oh, this guy does not have it easy, you know, it kind of, that was a great scene because it kind of opens all their eyes for like, ooh, well, maybe I'd be a jerk if that was my dad, also, too. if I had you know? that haircut, I'd be pretty mean to everybody. <laughs> I did. There was one day in high school because I, I buzzed my head and half the time I'll do it myself. Um, and there was one day in high school where I definitely missed that exact spot, like at the crown of your head where your cowlick is. And I just had my friends kept calling it a ducktail. Uh, and so like every time I would walk by, I would, yeah, I would Ooh. hear every time I would walk by for like a month. I had to get a girl in my economics class to like cut it with scissors. It was <laughs> Just one time. <laughs> oh, love it. But people don't forget, Danny. People don't forget. Yeah, still. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and then that, uh, and having that little scene also with the bully kind of opens the door between them and him. So we're like, we know each other now. We didn't have to say anything. So that way, like, when it comes around towards, like, the third act and they ask him to be part of the band they don't have to like pretend to still be bully and victim anymore they're just like i know you and i know your life so you don't have to be that and like it just I don't, again it takes 30 seconds for them to be like will you be in our band we don't need to explain anything to you and he's like yeah sure yeah 
Yeah. Just had to provoke exactly. him with like a single ray of like, hey, here's maybe a little bit of hope. Uh, and he just chased it. I thought that was great. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so we we did dive in like really fast, but just <laughs> just for the listeners, in case excited. you aren't familiar with the movie, Sing Street <laughs> is a movie that came out in 2016 that basically the story Too of the movie is shade. there's a... <laughs> the main character of the movie, Connor, it has a crush on a girl, and in order to get the girl to talk to him, he in, he invites her to be a star in their music video for the band that he's in. That he's not in. And then as soon as he leaves talking to her, he's not in a band, and so he has to model. form a band so has to, to get her to like him. Yes. Yes. So it's like part musical, part like band drama movie, part rom com, part you know dramedy um and so it's it's a bunch of things but it's a it's a great film obviously as you can tell by the way yeah. we're talking it is about a musical it. though right are we landing there if like if hearts beat loud is a musical sing streets a musical, definitely right? yeah okay um so yeah let's talk about the music so it is set in the 80s which opens up to some opens the door to some like really great music selections here i love that that like the initial part of this is the is that Duran Duran has just hit the scene. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, they're a new band. That's like part of the plot for the first bit of the movie, and um, I love how like influenced by Duran Duran they are. They totally like rip off some of like their music just to like start writing in the first place, and like the look and everything. So much fun. I love eighties music. This was everything to me. <laughs> Yeah, the look was fantastic. Like the sound that they kind of initially come up with with the band was fantastic. Like that was my only that's my only complaint about this movie at all is that from song 1 these guys put out bangers. nothing but legit bangers. The rhythm of them. <laughs> and like I'm yeah, like that song is awesome. Like every song they write is so great and like I'm pretty sure that any band that forms when you're 14 like your first 100 songs are just crappy, you know. Sure. But they have I to don't be. care. <laughs> I love that they're. I love that <laughs> this group of kids just make wonderful music, and we don't have to like. They don't have to go through that. I love it. Yeah, I I really <laughs> loved the little another like display of like, hey, here's ten seconds of exposition, like the saying, hey, it's seven o'clock, and so clearly they have some sort of like family tradition of every week at seven o'clock watching whatever the mid '80s Irish version of MTV was. I, I don't know what. It, do you guys know what it was? It was, could have been MTV. It was, I think it was called Top of the Charts or Pop of the Charts or something. Or no, it was called Top of the okay. Pop. That's yeah, what I, it was I called. I love the, the little quick, like, hey, here's a family tradition and here's where his influences come from. And I really loved that every week after that would air, he would show up to school dressed in a different way, like whatever band he just saw. So good. Yeah. As he was, like, figuring out, like, his, his style and his whole thing. Yeah, for sure. So, I don't know how you guys feel. I feel like... The quintessential song, the best song of this movie has got to be Drive It Like You Stole It. Yeah. Which... Easy. Easy. But the thing is, it ends... For sure. ...with Brown Shoes, which serves the purpose of the storytelling, because obviously it's a big, like, stick it to the man song against the school, but, like, it should have ended with Drive It Like You Stole It. They should have just sang it again. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it should have ended with Drive It Like You Stole It. And with them forcing Littlefinger into doing a dance routine. Oh, my God. Did you see? That's my favorite shot from the whole movie. I, Aiden Gillen is the mm-hmm. actor who played Littlefinger in Game of Thrones. 
Uh, my yeah. favorite shot from the entire movie is when they're doing the like big choreographed dance routine. How serious and focused his face looks because he's <laughs> trying to get these dance moves down. It's so perfect. I loved the like before the musical number actually kicks off, and they're clearly like casting or they're rehearsing they're for their music it. video. Like when they're Which in makes the hall, it so sad. They're, yeah, they're, they're probably shooting it. Yeah. But like they're shooting it and like so so <laughs> he's like okay so just kind of like move your arms a little bit and dance like 50 style and then he's like all right give it a try and like everybody just kind of awkwardly starts like moving like a Disney animatronic robot like that's not working properly and I was like yeah that's real because that's exactly how I would start dancing if they were like just go I'd be like uh 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 and it'd be like that's not even to a beat what are you doing. Yeah. That killed me for sure, yeah. But that, that yeah, Drive It Like You Stole It is definitely the tr- the song of the movie. And it's such a great song. It's like, if you don't start snapping your fingers when that song comes on, I don't know what to tell you. You gotta get your head checked, because that song I is so great. I haven't stopped listening to it for two weeks since I first saw the movie. It's maybe the only song I've listened to in the last two weeks. Right, it's totally so. so. <laughs> also, did you... I'm going to... Sidebar, I'm so sorry. Did you guys know they're turning Sing Street into a Broadway play? It is a Broadway play. No. Yeah. I, well, well, I, what I West saw End, was that... I, no? I saw that they were supposed to start it at the end of March, and, like, um, they were at the point where the actors had, like, packed their bags and were getting ready to, like, fly to New York when they got to call the, like, the world scandal. to shut down. Because there is... But they do have the original Broadway recording yes. on Spotify, and it's real good. That's what I was going to say, because they've already recorded it. Nice. So I thought maybe they... Um, it already premiered, but I guess not. Oh, that's too bad it hasn't started yeah, yet. Yeah, it was about to. Also, uh, did you guys watch Game of Thrones? Yes. The mm-hmm. guy that Posters they cast as Connor, oh, <laughs> uh, the guy they cast as Connor for the Broadway play is Ollie from Game of Thrones. Really? The little, the little oh, no kid, kid that stepped. Oh. Yeah, that's it was crazy. Interesting. Interesting thing, and I, th- I feel like this will be more for Ellen than it is for Danny. But interestingly enough, about the kid who played Connor in the movie, if you look him up on IMDb now, he looks nothing like he did when he was in the movie. Like he is yeah. definitely. Yeah, he's like he's aged up. Like he's probably in his twenties now, but like he does not look like that uh, at all again. anymore. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Wait, Bloomer, really I guess. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> but he uh, he's he was in Vikings for a little bit, which a show I didn't watch, but was it was he in Vikings before or after Sing after. Street? Sing Street after. Um, I don't okay. know. I haven't watched Vikings. I'm looking at the IMDb right now. I guess it was after. I've never seen it, but. It looks like Connor was his first role ever. Wow. Yeah. Nice. Good for him. And look, to be fair, I don't want to get like weirdly metaphysical or allegorical or whatever, but the end of the movie does deal with him driving that boat like he stole it because he did, right? So the movie does kind of end with driving it like he stole it because he did. And an Adam Levine song, of all things. I think it was an original song. That was a weird needle drop, I thought, right? Like, it was really great song i don't know why one of the like cast like the older brother should have sang it yeah danny you have imdb in front of you is this uh so is this the same filmmaker that did once and begin again okay that makes sense then because his next movie was the one with adam levine was it not or was that before this Uh, i've never seen once no no not once but i think the other one is called begin again has adam levine in it and it was either filmed right before this or right after this, so it makes sense that that's how he got him. 
Looks like once was once was like ten years before Sing Street. Begin Again was three years before Sing Street. Okay. Well, yeah, Adam Levine isn't that, so that makes sense then. And listen, I'm not trying to slam dunk on Adam Levine because that's kind of a popular thing to do. Like, because he's very like Maroon Five is a very like yeah. vanilla band. But like, you're telling me with all those awesome songs from the '80s, you couldn't find like an awesome '80s track Just to like close out the movie. On. Like, <laughs> yeah, Spring or something, like right? Like, it. I, it's fine. <laughs> Give me the yeah, play it six exactly. Times. Or it like, like sixteen it. times in the movie. That's all I want. <laughs> That was the only needle drop in the whole movie that literally made me kind of go like, what, huh? Like, well, okay. Yeah, and like, it, it does surprise me that this movie, because I remember it's, that I randomly saw this the year it came out. I think it was just like available for rent or something. It was kind of like promoted on Amazon. Um, and I like watched it and thinking, oh my gosh, this has got to be like the song for best original song nominee can't wait to see these kids perform at the oscars and then like nominations rolled out and they're left off the list entirely and i was like i don't understand it i really really don't yeah this movie legit got snubbed by the by the oscars for sure i don't think it was nominated for anything was it not to bring him up but this was a weinstein movie who was like king of politics when it came or used to be king of politics when it came to the academy that I remember just being very, very shocked. This should have been, like, original song nominee. Drive it like you stole it. It was nominated for Best yeah, for Picture, sure. Musical or Comedy for a Golden Globe, mm-hmm. but nothing from the Oscars. Hmm, interesting. Well, there you well, have it. They hate okay. Ireland. Good to know. Good to know. Hey, the, in, the Indiana yeah. Film Journalists Association nominated it for Best Picture, so there's that. <laughs> <laughs> I guess the question that I have for you guys is, like, I thought, because right around the same age that Connor was, I was so into music Mm -hmm. and finding new music and and listening to new music and all that stuff that that's what I feel like this movie did so, so well, was just capture that kind of joy and ecstasy of listening to new music and, and listening to awesome classic music that you've never heard before and that type of stuff. Did you guys kind of go through that same phase? Like, maybe not with the same bands, but, like, in that age, did you guys kind of grow up um, getting into music? And did you feel like the, the movie did a great job of portraying that kind of fever that you get uh, at that age, I guess? I would love to be a really good podcast guest and give you some really great... No, <laughs> I didn't. Not really. Like, I didn't... I didn't discover what good things were until after I graduated high school and became kind of adult, an adult. That's why, like, you guys have heard me talk about uh, movies uh, in the, the Mad About Movies Discord that I'm in all the time. And, like, basically, if it's before 2012, then I either haven't seen it or didn't like it because I didn't really watch a lot of movies or listen to music before high school. So I'm just going to be a bad podcast guest. <laughs> and uh, that was my long-winded way of saying pass. <laughs> um, yeah, so... He's, what, 14, 15 here? And that would have been, like, freshman, sophomore year of high school. I was, like, obviously influenced by the music of the time, which was, like, the late OOs for me. So it was, like, um, well, that's right when, like, Taylor Swift hit the scene and I was a teenage girl. Cannot help myself. I was very into all that. Um, But also, (laughs) like, my parents have like really awesome taste in music and have this huge vinyl collection from like everything you know when they were growing up and 
luckily kind of gave me a bit of a musical education just like through osmosis just growing up so like I was always very aware of like my my dad really loves like kind of old Americana music and like all the old Bob Dylan records and Jackson Brown and uh, like James Taylor and like all that stuff I just inherently knew when I was younger Um, so like yeah I guess I'm now as an adult like really into like kind of folk like folk rock or like folk indie kind of music and I think that very much has something to do with like growing up listening to like all that old like roots type of stuff um but yeah I don't know I guess that again long-winded answer of like on one hand I was very influenced by what was on top 40 when I was in high school as everyone else was but like my parents kind of gave me a bit of a musical education as well see when I was when I was 16 That's I mostly cool. listened to the Carter 3 by Little Wayne so I don't really have a whole lot to add here <laughs> yeah I mean I, to Ellen's point, like, I didn't listen to a lot of Top 40, but, like, I listened to a lot of, like, Brian and Kent and I have talked about this a lot, but, like, in in our era of high school, like, pop punk was such a new thing that, like, bands mm-hmm. like Blink-182 and Green Day and, you know, that was, like, huge. And then, for me, that kind of translated into more, like, actual punk, like No Effects and Rancid and Bad Religion. And all those guys was right around that time when I was 14, 15, and it was, like... I think that's what that movie, this movie captures so well is like when you hear a new record uh, that you love, it's like it's almost like a, fr- a breath of fresh air or it's like a little injection of life or something. And, you know, it's like it, it, it you I, at that era of time, I cared so much about that type of music that it was like I felt like I was just living record to record, you know, at that point. And I just feel like this movie does such a good job of capturing that kind of unbridled joy of loving yeah. music. It's funny that you, you know? mentioned Kent because I did listen to a lot of Forever the Sickest Kids when Stop. I was like 16, 17, 18. I really did. Well, like, they're fairly local. They're from the DFW, uh, and I'm I'm not super far from there, and so, like, they were a pretty big deal mm-hmm. when, like, my, like, junior and senior year of high school, a lot of us listened to them. So, shout out to, shout out to Kent. Random, <laughs> random, random segment. <laughs> shout out to Kent. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, that kind of reminds me, like, being in high school was kind of when, like, kind of like emo music was really big kind of like like literally just mm-hmm. after the era when you were in high school was when I was in high school and like I remember making fun of those guys and those kids all you know not that I had any kind of clout I was a super <laughs> nerd but like um don't lie you were definitely the Regina <laughs> of, of the your French <laughs> like, <section>. sure <laughs> <laughs> What I'm, what I'm hearing is you you told the other French horns in your section, like, hey, we wear pink on These Tuesdays. Do you understand? Um, but no, I remember, like, I just, I, I used to, you know, kind of make fun of it to myself. But looking back, it's like, they were definitely part of, like, a legit era of music. And those kids cared so much about it. And, like, just like the kids in Sing Street, like, they, they it changed their whole look and the way they dressed and everything. It's like, I mean, I don't know. Good for them. Sorry, the Regina George of the French Horn section is the best Twitter bio I've ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Did you guys, like, like... That's so good. Yeah, right, so, circa 2009. So, like, five years after the movie, which makes it even more kind of deadly, like, at that point. Um, the, the other thing, too, like, again, just me personally, like, did you, like... So, Richard, Kent, and I, like, not to keep bringing them up, we went to a private school, and we had uniforms, and so, the, the again, the idea of, like, 
doing everything. In the movie, Connor wears like a little bit of makeup or he dyes his hair. Everybody in our school was always trying to get away with whatever we could to just modify the uniform to make it ours or just kind of, you know, stand out a little bit. And, uh, you know, so again, that moment in the movie where he's just trying to do his own thing and make the uniform his, that is super, you know, it's like, yeah, dude, I lived that moment, you know, like, and a lot of people I grew up with did as well. So, uh, it's, yeah, just another reason why I love this movie. Cause it's like, I identify so yeah. much with it. We you didn't know? have uniforms, but it became a thing where like a lot of clubs would do whatever they could to like get away with double entendres on their club t-shirts before like the principal or like the administration would ban it. <laughs> so like that was our way of pushing the dress code. <laughs> I'm now curious to know what the weirdest double entendre you can make with the oh, French horn is. Like, it was always really gr- It's so gross to say now, but it was a... <laughs> it's like Horn Star was one that we... A shirt that I walked around with. Um, there you go. That's I guess that'll do it. That's a band kid thing. I'm pretty sure the band kids in our high school did that, too. Oh, like they always really loved like pushing the line of what's appropriate and putting it on a t-shirt. It's very much a band kid, theater kid thing. Yes, very much. And our cross-country team did have the best one. It was we put the count in cross-country, which, <laughs> you know it. <laughs> yep, yep. Oh, yeah, I get it, <laughs> They sure. got in huge trouble for that one. It's super good. But, yeah, they offered it to, like, the, the student, like, the whole student body was able to buy those T-shirts, and uh, we did. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> but, yeah, back to Sing Street. <laughs> yeah. Back to Sing Street. It's a great jam. I mean, that song is like, you know, that's about as punk as it gets in the movie, right? But but it's, you know, it's melodic. It's it's well-written. It's like, you know, and, and I do love that in the movie when they're singing it, it's like literally someone just throws the principal out of the building and that's the last you see of him. You're like, yeah, <laughs> like screw that guy. You know, like it's it's great. That That's a good number. I don't. Yeah, I mean, I think it kind of completes the arc that he was going through, so I understand why it was the last song. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I dig it. I'm, I'm all for that song. I think it was great. That's the song that, Danny, I was listening to most of today. I just kept repeating that song over and over. Uh, and uh, I like yeah. the bit where they, they got masks of the principal's face and, like, passed them out to the crowd for them to wear. I mean, that's very punk. That was just so cool. Yeah, very much. But having the guts to sing Brown Shoes to stand up to his bully, to invite his bully to be part of his band, to go and talk to the girl across the street. Connor's the most confident t- movie character, like weirdly, meekly confident, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, he like Just look at how many weirdly, like, 16-year-olds aren't that confident type things he does throughout the movie. He wears makeup to school, which takes an incredible amount of confidence. Um, he just goes like to everybody and says, "Hey, I'm in a band. Let's start a band. I'm a singer. I'm writing this." So much confidence from a 16-year-old, 15-year-old, whatever uh, Irish kid that when you look at him, you're like, "Oh, that kid's awkward." Yeah, but do you think some of that comes from his brother, who's like, when he gets home, his yeah. brother's egging him on, being like, "This is what you gotta do. You gotta push it further. You're gonna be a rock star." If you know, if he didn't have that, probably wouldn't. Like, he's kind of got his brother, like, pushing him, for sure, to be these things and gives him that confidence. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. 
for sure. And I think music is kind of just driving, you know, some of the bolder choices that he makes in his wardrobe or, you know, kind of whatever. Because obviously it kind of feels like up until he really starts to get into music, his life kind of is very routine and it's kind of, you know, not terrible, but it's just, you know, not a lot to look forward to. And then he discovers music and it's like this whole outlet for him, you know, and it's like this launching pad for who he wants to become as an mm-hmm. adult, ultimately. Yeah. You know? I'm just saying, the confidence to go up to a pretty girl that's older than you that you've never talked to before and invite her to be in your music video of the band that you don't have, I could never. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I was going to say, I have no idea what that, that sounds like. I, I've, I've never... Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, so let's talk about Rafina for a second. Um, she is an interesting character in the fact that, like... I think the, the journey that, like, he goes through with his infatuation with her is kind of, like, it's such a great arc as well. You know, like, it starts out with him seeing her as this unattainable, gorgeous, like, perfect person, right? And, like, even though pretty early she disappoints him with, like, she has a boyfriend, she um, is just kind of, like, pushing him away kind of thing and then he finally gets to go on a date with her they kiss and all this stuff and then she just takes off um but like when she comes back and like he kind of sees her for like who she really is and she kind of has that like throwaway line of like ugh, I've you know here I am sitting with this 15 year old I'm such a loser and he's like whoa you're talking about me and then he just gets up and leaves he's like bye like that's I love that. It's basically yeah. almost famous. He's like I got kind of like almost famous. It's I mean that's what I was th- every time I saw her on my screen I was thinking like they're trying to do uh, a like knockoff Irish version of Penny from Almost Famous and like even Connor kind of tracks with the the main character in Almost Famous a little bit the more that you think about it. Yeah, she's kind of a manic pixie dream girl. Yeah. But she's more of like a poser when it comes down to it. Yeah. Yeah. Right, for sure. And I, I mean, I do like that they, they do give her all these, like, brief but real moments of humanity, right? Where it's like, especially in the beginning, where she is putting up this front of, like, oh, I'm a model, I'm super busy, like, I would never talk to you. And then you see all those scenes of her, like, in her bedroom, like, listening to the tapes and, like, clearly being moved by the music and the fact that someone actually, like, bothered to write and record a song about her. Like, you know, it, it's it's cool that they gave her those moments of like, oh, yeah, she puts up this front that she's too cool for school. But, you know, everybody likes a song written about you and everybody has feelings that they're, they're not comfortable expressing. And, you know, especially at that age, you're going through so much. And although she's a little bit older, right, they say she's like 15 or 16. But still, at that age, you're going through a lot. And so I think they did a really nice job of even though she she does kind of fit into a number of movie stereotypes they did a, a, a nice job of kind of rounding her out, I think, as much as possible. Yeah, and you know? she definitely goes through her own stuff, you know, the whole failed trip to London, and she came back kind of battered and stuff. Um, but I did, I did, you know, I did really love the bit where she, she also kind of is part of that same bit that pushes him to be bold and have confidence when she's like, you need to wear makeup. I'm going to put makeup on you. And he's like, you know, and he's like, okay. Right. And then, like, from then on, he's like, this is who I am. I don't feel weird about it. She thinks it's cool, so I know it's cool. And 
I don't, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Although I think, Danny, uh, would you agree with me that at that age, if like uh, an older girl that I thought was pretty would have been like, wearing pantyhose is cool, I'd have been like, mm-hmm. you're damn right it is. Give me a pair. Like, I'll put yeah, them on. Know you know what I mean? Like, the influence of a hot girl. It's funny. Or just someone you have a crush on, right? It's like, you know, I remember at that age, it's like anybody you had a crush on, like you'll start like listening to music they like or whatever just to, you know, you know. And I I think that kind of, again, another reason why this movie is so great is like that crush dynamic that they have and their relationship feels kind of balanced back and forth where like, you know, it's not super one-sided. At least it, it starts off that way, but it doesn't end up that way. And it's like everything about this movie is just so nice and sweet and like, really well balanced that it, it's just it, it feels like kind of the perfect concoction when it's over where you're like oh this is great like I didn't feel like we were missing anything and from this it's, movie. A, it's a tight 90 tight 90 yeah which I super appreciate <laughs> Honestly, it's so weird that that's one of my yeah, favorite things about movies nowadays is when they can like wrap up a good story in 90 minutes it's same absolute same and like I really I want Netflix to have a 90 minute category I would watch those. That's a good idea. <laughs> I, I think it w- I would watch a movie that I otherwise might pass on if it were lo- lumped into that kind of category. Like, oh, it's only 90 minutes. I'll watch it. <laughs> yeah, I can get through 90 minutes. Man, that's like one episode of Sherlock. I well, can do that. So yeah. We kind of, I don't know. We kind of get bogged down by like being, being people who love movies and look forward to like the award season type of film and that kind of stuff like more and more they're like two and a half hour epic you know sweeping story a a scorsese four hour blah 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 and um don't get me started (laughs) and like sure (laughs) obviously you know there's a time and place for that you know i wouldn't ask christopher nolan to shorten whatever tenet's gonna be but at the same time china will china will time it's like (laughs) I love I love a a concise story that's not trying to be anything that it's not and it's just like I don't know there's something about the timing too it's like you've there's so much just taken out that doesn't need to be there yeah and like Shane said it's not it's, totally. it's 90 minutes but it's not missing anything mm-hmm. like it tells a full complete story it fleshes out these characters and like it's yeah it's impressive when you make a movie and you get into the edit bay, you have to be absolutely ruthless with what you cut out of the movie. And if it doesn't need to be in the movie, it's got to go. And th- I mean, that hurts, but that's what director's cuts are for. That's what deleted scenes are for on the DVD. And it's like that movie's just got to, once it picks up momentum in the first act of any movie, you can't have anything that slows it down or stops it or makes it kind of stutter. And so this movie definitely does a great job of that, that once it takes off, it's just going and you're, you're not missing anything. And like I said, yeah, it's a tight 90, 95 minutes and boom, you're out. You know? Is there any doubt in you guys' minds about what happens at the end of the movie, like post credits? Is it just like they definitely made it to England and their life is great or? Well, let me ask you this, like, what what do you guys think? Like, do we think in real realistically? Do we think that they stay together, or do Super we think no, like hard no, dude? Yeah, give it like two years in London. That's like two this is not working. Is so generous. I don't think. I mean, they're <laughs> two weeks in London before he's back home. They're teenagers. I think. 
I think he makes it in London and she doesn't, to be honest. Oh, she super doesn't make it in London. But I think he does. I mean, like we said earlier, every song he writes is a banger. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's definitely getting a record deal by the yeah, end of the Yeah, and week. he's got his buddies cheering him on. Like, uh, uh, like uh, Eamon said, go get the go get the record deal and then we'll come join you. And I I would like to hope yeah. like that like maybe something that looks like that happens. Again, they're all teenagers and they're all in school, but I don't know. I think if someone's going to make it once they get to England, it's going to be him and not her. Right, because as Danny said, like this kid it, it, it's not fair to say that he trips through life and things seem to go his way, but this kid is clearly not afraid to ask mm-hmm. for the things that he wants. And so much of life is just asking for the things that you want or going for the things that you want that, you know, sometimes that works out. So yeah, I'm, I'm with Danny. Like I definitely think that kid is leaving London with a record deal for the yeah. band for sure. But I, it's interesting that we all think that like, to, I, I would give it two years, but That's like, so I would say, yeah, I, I don't think that, I don't think they're ending up together no, for sure. No. I the first time I watched that movie and the storm started when they're t- on that tiny boat, I was like, they're gonna die. <laughs> this movie, this movie yeah, is so good. It's I literally end in heartbreak. They're gonna die on this little boat in this storm. What that? Don't do this. And then it ended with them trailing behind the bigger boat. I was like, oh, thank goodness. Yeah, which I like that imagery as well, right? Because the brother says that you've been coasting in my wake. Like for your whole life and you don't even know. And then that kind of final shot. Although interestingly enough, I thought the same thing. I, maybe this We're is just the up, way dude. my mind We're works. Messed up. Oh, and I, I'll take it one step further. I literally thought they were going to get like crushed by the propeller, Gosh. like that, like like Indiana Shame. Jones three. Like I thought this movie was going to take a weird hard turn at the end. Like what's that? What's what's that? What's that? What's that Robert Pattinson movie that's just like, I've never seen it, but apparently like it's a regular rom-com and then the last 10 seconds of the movie, it like reveals the date as September 11th and he gets in like one of the elevators of the World Trade Center. Like that's literally how the movie ends. Like the whole movie was just, remember me, there you go. And like, correct me if I'm wrong, but apparently like, Apparently, like, if this movie is 100 minutes long, 99 and a half minutes are just a regular rom-com, and then the last 30 seconds are like, oh, yeah, and this dude dies in September Yeah, I'm sorry, we have to talk about Remember Me for a second. That movie is bonkers. <laughs> it is, it's this, it's this romantic story between, like, him and this girl. I love that you're struggling to, to find, find the words to, like. like, this huge drama between father and son. The father is played by Pierce Brosnan, and his father works at the World Trade Center, like, in the high-rise, and they're having this, like, back-and-forth struggle throughout the entire movie, and at the very end, not only does it work out with the girl, but he's going to reconcile with his dad. He's going to surprise him in his office. He gets up to his dad's office in the World Trade Center, and he's his dad's not there because he was going to see him, and then the plane's hit. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Wow. But like the very last scene is him seeing a picture of himself on the screensaver for his dad's computer. And he's like, oh, my dad really loves me. <laughs> and then, wow, there you go. What That's happened? a pretty, yeah. <laughs> Dude. We were talking about Sing Street. And it was so nice and so fun. And then Shane said they were going to get crushed by propellers of a giant boat. And now we're talking about 9-11. Where did, what did we do? Who did this? I literally, did this. the first, 
I did it. The first time I watched the movie, they swerved so hard, I literally thought it was going to be like that scene from Indiana Jones 3, where their boat just gets crushed like foot by foot by the propellers. And then it didn't. I'm glad it didn't. I'm not saying I wanted that. I'm just saying that's what I thought was going to happen. Because like you, I was like, this movie's so nice and so sweet and reassuring that someone's going to pull the rug out from under me and just ruin my day. You took it three steps further. (laughs) I was like, oh, no, it's a storm. It's going to be bad. The boat's going to overturn. And you took it to crush by propellers in the 9-11. <laughs> okay, one more joke just to make sure that I'm thoroughly canceled for making 9-11 jokes. Uh, I did see a tweet today that was like, do you think in the at the end of 13 going on 30, when Jenna goes back to being 13, that she warns everybody about 9-11? <laughs> Holy, that, oh, no. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. That's a good one, though. (laughs) It's a movie about 15-year-olds who make a band in Ireland. We just spent five minutes on 9-11. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, sorry. What are we doing? (laughs) Okay, so back to Sing Street. Yeah, back to Sing Street. Why not? Let's try. No, but again, I like again we're talking about how tight this movie is, and like these little like expositional scenes that work so well. My favorite exposition scene in the entire movie is just when those two guys walk up to the poster that's like on the the little flyer that's on the like the wall, and they're like, "Hey, there's a band that's looking for a bassist and a drummer. That's us." And then they walk off, and then boom, they're just in the band. Like we never really hear from them again. Like they're just kind of in the background playing their instruments. But I'm like, yes. That's how you do it. Like, they just joined, and we're good. They're in the band now. I want to talk about the little cowboy vampire bass player so bad, but I'm struggling to find the words. (laughs) He's so cute. Shane Shane broke me. The little little cowboy bass player is phenomenal. Yeah. Dancing with the little old lady on the bus. Uh, Yeah. I I bought fangs in a joke shop for their music. It's just so – everything he does is so good. Yeah. And the keyboardist yeah. is fun too, right? They like they pick him up by mistake, I think, because they go to the wrong house and they just get him. Um, but he's great; he's an awesome addition to the band. And it's like you know, especially when they're shooting that music video and the the rhythm, yeah, the, uh, the riddle of the model. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he's like, but I just love that like they they all dress exactly like everybody would on an '80s album cover because that's all they know. And it's like, yes, this is perfect. You know, it's like perfect, like pop culture distilled oh. through the eyes of a 15 year old. It's like, this is perfect exactly movie. how you address. <clears throat> yeah, it's fantastic. And the movie has tons of little, just like little moments like that, that like, you know, they, they just whiz right by, but they really kind of flush out. Like, I think the only thing you probably could lose, but I'm glad that they didn't cut it because it was it was a pretty funny gag is when the band is practicing and it just cuts to the mom upstairs and she's putting <laughs> batteries in a, in a toy of sorts and she kind of closes the door. And you're like, yeah, this mom probably hasn't gotten alone time in quite some time. Like, good for her, you know, do your thing, girl. Like, the, mo- the movie is so filled with little just moments like that that don't slow the story down, but really kind of flesh out the world uh, and, and just really kind of, you know, they flesh out the story, if you will. Um, and I think that's why this movie is great. And it's like, 
I don't know if you've talked to many people about this movie, but I, I have not met a single person or I haven't introduced anybody to this movie that hasn't absolutely yeah, fallen in I love I didn't know with it existed it. until recently. You know? so. You're welcome. Shows you where I'm at. You're Shout very, very out. welcome. <laughs> Much appreciated. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So um, since I've already had you guys on previous episodes and already asked you the questions um, that I ask everybody, I did want to see if you guys wanted to do a a little um a little recommend since this is a movie that i recommended to you that um danny that you hadn't seen before turns out you loved it um kind of what would you turn around to either recommend to me or recommend to the listener uh just like one of these is like a little little nugget of a movie that you just think is great that they should everyone should see Uh, I would recommend Hearts Be Loud. That's um, <laughs> really great. That's not fair. <laughs> That's no, no fair. Uh, yeah. Er, wrong answer. I, uh, a movie that I would recommend. I'm going to go my kind of easy ones other than Hearts Beat Loud for uh, when someone just kind of generically comes to me for a movie recommendation is Hunt for the Wilder People uh, by Taika Waititi. Yeah. Somehow a movie that not uh, a ton of my friends have seen. Mm-hmm. Um, it's this, this little... It takes place in like the forest of New Zealand, and it's charming and funny and heartfelt, and uh, it's great. I can't recommend Hunt for the Wilder People enough. Is that like? Yeah, that, that movie like, is fantastic. Did, uh, what we do in the shadows? Yes, I believe it was. was. It was. It was like the last movie. Yeah, it was like the last movie that he directed before he like really hit it big. Uh, it was after. Um, it was two years after what we do in the oh, shadows. Oh, really? But yeah, oh, but it's, it, it was, was before, before Thor. Thor yeah, yeah. That's Thor for sure. was my introduction to him. Uh, but it's still to this day, and I loved Jojo Rabbit. I think was my number two or number three movie of last year. So last great. year was full of bangers. Hunt for the Wilder People still, I think, is my favorite Taika Waititi movie because it's very, it's like it fills, it checks every box that I look for, and like, uh, like a feel good, like I love charm, and it's just like it got charm spilling out of its ears. It's so good. Nice. Yeah, it's a fantastic film. I think it's. I think it's out. I mean, it, you can get it. Yeah, you can get it. It's out there somewhere. I'm sure on streaming services. I mean, to, to rent. I'm so bad at figuring out where those. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a couple bucks. You can just rent it. Oh, perfect! I do. I shall Which if, watch you that. Should have, you should have tomorrow. At this point, if you don't. <laughs> um, for me, in terms of a recommend, I guess keeping um, in track with just the the theme of uh, musicians and bands. One of it's a, a completely different tone than Sing Street, but one of my all-time favorite movies about bands and making music is the mockumentary <laughs> "This Is Spinal Tap." If you've never seen it, uh, it is it's like an it. incredible film. It's so it's I'll watch. yeah, it's a it's a it's a mockumentary directed by Rob Reiner, um, and it's starring Christopher Guest. Christopher Guest would then go on to direct a number of mockumentaries like "Best in Show" and "Waiting for Guffman," but it's about this kind of. Uh, hair metal band in the 80s that's kind of on the downslope of their career and it's it's really really funny it's 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 the whole thing was improv and it's just it's a hysterically funny that's literally where we get the the term it goes to 11 from okay yeah that's yeah that whole thing i uh yeah i don't know if you can stream it anywhere but it's definitely worth a couple bucks you'll find to rent it and it's it's definitely kind of I'm not going to say that it invented the form of the mockumentary, but it most certainly popularized 
the form of the mockumentary. So if you like shows like The Office or Parks and Rec, they kind of owe so much of their style and kind of sense of humor to that movie because it invented a lot of like funny looks to the camera and like you know all these like staged moments that look yeah. real but they're See, not. Shane's a pro at this. He he recommended a movie that connects with the movie that we've spent the whole episode talking about. So I'm going to retroactively go and connect them uh, the way that uh, Sing Street and Hunt for the Wilder People are connected is that uh, subtitles are necessary. <laughs> Without true. subtitles, the, that is the true. redheaded uh, what's the manager? I can't remember. Like, Darren, I think, Something would not like have that. understood a single word he said if subtitles were not uh, present in Sing Street. <laughs> so, if if you'll indulge me, I've got like a funny, quick two minute story about movie connections oh. and actually Sing Street. I, I found out about the movie Sing Street through the uh, the guys. They call themselves Screen Junkies. They're the YouTube channel that makes oh, the Honest yeah. trailers. Um, yeah, so they, they used to have their own production channel, and they would do all these shows. And they had a movie trivia uh, game show that was on their network for a period of time. And I was actually on the show. Check you out. And one of the games that you play... Well, one of the games that you play with a teammate, and I didn't know this person is you do like a game where you like link up movies through actors. So it, you do as many as you can in 60 seconds. So like the game will start and you'll get sent like George Clooney. And like if Alan, if you and I were playing, I would say George Clooney was in Batman and Robin with Arnold Schwarzenegger. And then you would have to say Arnold Schwarzenegger was in X and X movie with another person. And then I would have to connect that movie. And we just kind of go back and forth, right? It's like a ping pong thing. So, it's my team's turn and we get up there and the first name I get is Drew Barrymore. I literally freeze. Like I'm not camera shy, but all of a sudden, like I just could not, I literally could not think of a movie. I'm sorry. It wasn't Drew Drew Barrymore. It was Cameron Diaz. That's who it was. I could not think of a movie to connect Cameron Diaz. Cause I was like, I couldn't remember the name of anybody else that was in Charlie's angels. And I was like, I can't. And so literally, (laughs) Yeah. Also, well, I know, I know that now. I'm like, yeah. Come on. <laughs> I know. I literally just froze, and so 60 awkward seconds went by with me just trying to name God, a movie <laughs> with her in it. Yeah, it's bad. It's but it's on the internet somewhere. I think so. I'm gonna find it. Look that up if you want to. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, sorry, not to derail. Love it. <laughs> oh my god, movie trivia. I can't nights. wait to come back for the Hunt for the Wilder People episode after Ella Texas and says she loves it. Just keep this going. We're just gonna keep this recommend series on whenever I uh, whenever I'm in need of a guest. I'm gonna be like, all right, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, Danny, Danny and I are just the old backups. We're just the, I, the old standbys. Say, I don't do anything, <laughs> so I'm always available. Oh, same. <laughs> the times we live in. Oh my god not doing anything yeah absolutely Uh, thank you guys so much for coming (sighs) back on the show it's fun as always of course uh but yeah and uh so i know shane you're not really on uh social media much but no i'm not because uh, I'm an old fuddy-duddy. But, you know, hey, I'm on the Mad About Movies Discord if you want to join that VIP club. I'm on Facebook if you want to be my Facebook friend. Uh, a lot of pictures of my dog. Uh, that's pretty Marty much it. Marty has an Instagram. And, uh, you should plug that. That's true. Uh, my dog uh, has an Instagram page. I don't. I literally don't know what the Instagram page is because I don't run it. Okay, my my wife sense. does. I was about to say, uh, if you but, run an Instagram page for your dog but you don't have one, that's wild. 
That's a wild thing. <laughs> that would be a baller move, though. Like, he's just so popular that I'm like, yeah, somebody Marty started a page. the golden corgi. That's the one. There you go. You can find pictures of my dog so there. So that I would just pull that out. It's my favorite. I've been telling all my friends, look at this dog. <laughs> Marty's great. I get Marty it. Marty's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so since my listenership is entirely made out of random people who also listen to Mad About Movies, I guess you can find Shane there. Um, did you listen to their 650th episode? I did, <laughs> yeah. I actually it just listened to it this morning, yeah. promotion for this show. <laughs> I did hear that part. I know, you got promoted. Said, yeah, I talked about this movie on uh, Ellen's show. Uh, I love, yeah, it was great. So, yeah, just slowly taking over their listenership. Uh Pilfering two or three people at a time, like come on over to the fun side. <laughs> <laughs> it's there's no bad movie marathon no, going on over never. here. <laughs> oh, I would not put my my guests through that kind of torture. Um, <laughs> I did say though. Richard told me to tell him if I ever have someone bring a movie that I end up kind of hating, but have to like pretend to like. Oh yeah. He was like, "Please tell me when that happens." So I was like, "Oh, Same. you'll be the first to know." <laughs> Please CC me on that message. I would love to know. Yeah, for sure. That'll be an interesting episode to hear. Like, oh, that was great. Yeah. <laughs> it'll it'll be like, yeah, so somebody will come on and pick like Lars von Trier's Antichrist or something oh like that. God. Just be like, you know what? I have to cancel. <laughs> the show's canceled. <laughs> I'm ending this podcast entirely. <laughs> Shuttering the doors forever. Okay. That would be a great bit, though. Just come on like, hey, when you want to be at my show, it's about like one of your favorite movies. Just coming out with a movie that you hate and you know that Ellen's going to hate is kind of a good bit. Yeah. <laughs> Today we're talking about the liquor man. <laughs> I'm going to kill myself. Okay. <laughs> Okay. All right, great. Man, that scene with the bees, awesome, right? Hi, cinema. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Danny, where, if there's anyone still listening, where can the listener find you? Uh, I'm out there. There's, don't, there's no reason to seek me out. I'm not doing anything. I'm tweeting about Dirk and Luca, and I'm. that's pretty much about it. So don't. Uh, Danny Weiser, I guess. At Danny Weiser. Um, yes, and then you can find this show. On Twitter at love that underscore movie and on Instagram at love that movie pod and my personal account is linked to that as well and um, yeah shout out to uh, to the listeners that I've stolen from Mad About Movies <laughs> I'm glad you're here <laughs> um, but yeah so uh, next time I. Hopefully we'll have something lined up. If not, we'll be right back here, the three of us, talking about something. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, thanks again for coming on the show, and uh, I'll see you all later. Bye. Bye.